We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too bad. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and, of course, GSPN, the Eurostep Podcast Network. I'm Ty Windish, one of your hosts. I'm joined, as always, by the selfless Rohan Kadi. Rohan, how's it going on this Monday morning? I'm doing well. Ty, we have Bucks things to talk about. Actual Bucks things. It was only like a week or two ago. We're like, oh my God, where are the full doldrums of the yeah, season? I know. <laughs> and it's, it's gone. It's gone. We have actual Bucks things. They held their media day yep. uh, yesterday on Sunday. Can we just say holding it on at noon on a football Sunday is hilariously Bucks. Oh, like, it's so, it's so I, I like to imagine they thought the Packer game was at noon and they just wanted no one to notice media day. Not because there was anything necessarily negative, just because that's the Bucks, right? They're like, yeah, don't worry about us. We're just going to do our thing. Yeah. Not even all the players didn't even talk, which no, is strange. Like eight of them didn't, I think. Yeah. Which is it. Now that I think about it, that's very unusual and strange for a Bucks media day. At least yeah. with what they've done in the past. Yeah, I think exit interviews have been very hit or miss. But you, usually on media day, you hear from more guys, especially yeah. like someone like Pat Condon, who we know has been around the team, etc. And who signed a new deal this offseason. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it, it's 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 whatever. It's Bucks. But yeah. we do have Bucks things to talk a lot, about. A lot of good. Honestly, I, I'd say more than expected, like interesting yeah. talking points coming from this media day and one piece of real tangible news that we'll get to first for sure and that john horse reported himself yeah <laughs> which, uh, uh is that is that legal who knows they, <laughs> they did it um but uh if you if you are enjoying this make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to this and also check out talk of the tundra cruising yes. for a bruising make time for this all the other gspn podcasts you can find all the information on gspn at gspn.info. Yeah, today as we record, and hopefully as you're listening to this, or yesterday if you check it out Tuesday morning, there is a new cruising for a bruising on the Brewers' 3-1 win over the Reds. Could have been a sweep. Would it would have been nice if it was a sweep, but uh, staying alive is where the Milwaukee Brewers are right now. And a new talk of the Tundra with Numak and myself. Also Monday morning, 
breaking down victory Monday. The Packers outlasted the Bucks, the bad Bucks in Tampa Bay. But let's get to the good Bucks. The Bucks with a K. Number one news item was, and I sat up in my chair when the Twitter alert came through, that John Horst says we are negotiating a deal with Jordan Wara. He will be back by you know practice tomorrow or whatever it is he said. And then later that afternoon, the Woj bomb cometh a two-year. $6.2 million deal that the uh, Bucks and Wara have agreed to. Wara's agency, which I believe is priority, but I'll have to double check, also confirmed that deal on Twitter. It has not come through the transaction wire yet. You know, if you're a conspiracy brainer, this could still technically be part of a sign and trade, although I find it fairly unlikely at this point, given the way the Bucks talked about it. But Jordan Wara is coming back, and I think. You know, we can talk a little bit about just the whole weird Jordan Wara saga. We've talked about it pretty often that we expected something else to happen. Whatever might have happened just didn't materialize. But I find this to be fascinating. A, that they signed him at all because this is the 15th roster spot. The roster is full. I don't, have we seen them come into the season with a full roster at all? Not last year. I, I'm like, not in sure the tax years. Your- I don't know if they have it all in the tax years. Maybe like the first Budenholzer year they did, but it's certainly oh, not been the, there. The only, the, the only tax years have been last year and the season prior. Yeah, so I think both of those seasons, they did not bring a 15th player. Which is the championship, and the championship season was only a tax year because they won the title because yeah, of Drew Holiday's contract Holiday. bonuses. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good call. Um, but as the, the roster has gotten so pricey, they haven't done it. And quite frankly, that's not something we were even upset about, right? Like it, it is, I guess you could say, a competitive advantage to have the extra player, depending on who it is. I mean, it would have been nice to have a center last year, as we talked about ad nauseum. But also, usually the 15th guy just isn't that much of a factor, whoever it may be. And not having one is really not that big of a deal. I was pretty wowed, not just that they signed War, which we thought probably qualifying offer at this point, which I believe would be one year, about $2 million. But they went above that and with an extra year, which I'm still guessing is a player option. We don't have the exact details yet. That just feels very bucks. But maybe it is just a two-year contract. I'm not sure. Um, but what was your initial thought on Jordan War and the Bucks agreeing to, you know, what is not a huge deal, but still bigger than we expected, especially if it is fully guaranteed, which maybe it's not. But assuming for now it is because that's all we've gotten reporting-wise. I was just surprised as well. I can't believe this actually happened. My conspiracy theory that I said that was fully not sourced at all on the last pod was that Jordan Moore actually signed his qualifying offer and just it hadn't been reported. Yeah. Uh, But that was obviously quashed. It was obviously quashed when he wasn't on the initial training camp roster for media day because he wasn't on the team. Right. Uh, Just just a little surprising. I thought that's what they were going to go with. Just sign the qualifying offer. Try this again next year. But as Bobby Marks pointed out uh, from ESPN, if he did sign the qualifying offer because of his years of experience, he would have just been hitting restricted free agency again next season. Mm. Um, So that's probably why that didn't actually happen. And it's better for both sides to probably get a two-year deal done because for Jordan War and his camp, you don't have to go through restricted free agency again. And from the Bucks' perspective, you get a multi-year salary, depending, like, and that could be helpful if it's if the second year ends up being non-guaranteed, like you mentioned, let's just assume that it is guaranteed. Yeah. But there's still a chance that it's non-guaranteed. Right. So like that could be beneficial for the Bucks in terms of salary, in terms of trade purposes. It just it works out for both sides. It's a very, very small deal in terms of actual money. 
Um, However, but, according yes. to Frank Madden, this season, it's a $15 million luxury tax hit because of the repeater tax and just the way the dollars work. So the $3 million-ish for this season are going to cost the Bucks basically five times that, which is just honestly shocking. Like, it's not that we don't see anything in Jordan Wara. I mean, I think he has been talked about quite a bit in terms of clearly the scoring punch is there. I think defensively, it wasn't as bad as we feared he could be last season. He just really didn't seem to gel or mesh or be able to play that bench scorer role. He just needed the rock too much, which just was not going to happen with the Bucks. But with the team being deeper and bringing back now literally everyone except Lindell Wigginton, who is technically still on the training camp roster and probably will start the season with the herd, they brought back literally everyone. Well, no, not not everyone, but Tuck and Vildoza. Tuck is still on the training camp roster. You're right, Vildoza is, excuse no. me, but Tuck <laughs> no. is in Australia. I forgot about Tuck. You're yeah. right. But all the guys who are on the team for the whole season, the actual NBA roster, are all back now. I still don't see where the role comes. I mean, we'll talk about injuries. Maybe maybe there is a real role. But clearly, either as a player or as an asset, the Bucks believe in Jordan Wara. And I think that is believing in him enough to eat that tax bill, which even if they do trade him, they're probably taking money back. Like it's still going to be expensive and you still have to pay tax on all the dollars you pay him while he is on the roster. So at least for half of the first season or so, that is going to, to cost Milwaukee. Actually, no, that's that's not accurate. I think it's by end of season. But regardless, there it's going to be expensive, almost certainly, for the Bucs. It to is by end of season. Yeah, it's by, if they dump him and, and take back less money, they don't. But um, that seems a little unlikely. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, we thought there might be a mo- bigger market for them to get something for him now. Clearly, that did not materialize um, for whatever reason. But it's just interesting to me that there's clearly that belief in Wara, either as a player or as some sort of a value asset that other teams would want. Unless this is literally just like the risk of paying $15 million for another $3 million in tradable salary, which I think would help in a deal, but I don't know... I don't know. I mean, that's a big price to pay just for $3 million. I would think that there is something else here, like a real belief that Wara could be either for the Bucks or for someone else, a good, valuable role player. And that's that's what's really surprising to me about this deal is because even when you see in the last playoff series against the Celtics, you see Chris Middleton off, like go on. He's, he's injured. And you're struggling, struggling for offense. You see Drew Holiday, uh, Giannis, they're overtaxed in their role, overburdened. Jordan Morris still doesn't get a shot. Still doesn't get a shot. Yeah, It's it's mind-boggling. Like, I get it that it's a small commitment in terms of actual money uh, for the roster. But you mentioned that $15 million cap. I'm sure... I'm sure ownership talked to Bud and John Horst like about this decision. Like John oh, yeah. Horst talked to talked to ownership about the luxury tax hit, and then like talking to Bud about it. Like I'm sure those conversations happened. And oh yeah, it still happened. That's what's shocking to me that it still actually happened. Like this is very very expensive for Jordan, where who a guy when you're struggling for offense and he's call guard in the league is offense. That's all he does is try and get buckets. Still can't get an opportunity. That's what's that's what's mind-boggling to me. We saw that he had his chances. We talked about it last season. He had his chances. He really did not take advantage of them very well at all. And by the end of the season, he was just playing out of the rotation. Bringing that guy back and just at this hit is just 
it, it's crazy. Yeah, I can't I think, believe it actually happened. And just to, to kind of reiterate the point that it, there's something about Wara in particular for the folks who say it was ju- it's just a salary block for trades. Uh, you can sign basically any old guy right now, and their hit is going to be like two point six million. Even go get yeah, go get go get uh, Demarcus Cousins, Tony Snell. Yeah, like uh, I, there, there was there was other ways to add. I mean, three million is not much more than than a veteran uh, minimum for a player who's been in the league for a while. It, it's just it, it is striking. Like there's some belief there. And, you know, as we'll cover the injuries probably up next, the various injury updates, including Coach Bud uh, is dealing with an injury right now. But I, I think, you know, he's probably going to get some chances to play again. I mean, War played a, a relatively large amount of minutes last year. And I think uh, to, to let's move he from start, he started 13 games. Yeah, it's always it always wows me to look back at some of the role players minutes and see like how much it actually was versus what we think. And he, he played a lot of minutes for the Bucks. And I, I do think the step forward he took defensively last season is why this gets done. Like, as we talked about, for the most part, he was not a disaster defensively. Well, you don't agree with that? I mean, I, no, I think his defense that's, that's was fair. fine. I think that's his fair. offense that's was fair. uneven. But we've seen also with Team Nigeria and with the Bucks, he can shoot the ball very well. And he has plus offensive skills. So they've seen, I think now, year one, all offense. And year two, like... You know, again, is he is he prime Chris Middleton defensively? No, but he wasn't a total turnstile. He wasn't lost entirely out there defensively. So I think it's logical for the Bucks to say, you know, we got him along defensively. Can we really integrate him into the offense? Can we – and this is something Bobby Portis talked about, you know, kind of really like taking the shots right away and like just being the right – doing the right stuff as a role it's player. decisiveness. Decisiveness on offense. Like can we – if we can complete this puzzle, like – is it that far-fetched to think Jordan War is that far away from being a real useful role player? Maybe not. I mean, he's shown more skills than a lot, a lot of these guys you'd look at bringing in on a minimum contract. And he's much younger than those guys, too. That's fair. He does have an NBA-ready skill. Yeah, and that's, and that's something I've been, I've been clamoring for this team. It just needs to fit. It's, it's more of like, like you mentioned, he's not a turnstile on defense. I feel like most of his dis- defensive lapses have not been individual one-on-one defense. It's team. It's defense, more. It's yeah. team defense. It's team defense. Like not getting lost in rotations and stuff like that. Especially when the Bucks switch to a more aggressive defensive scheme, where you have to be more crisp in your rotations and stuff like like your movement defensively. You have to know where every other guy is and snap movement. That's the sort of stuff he struggled with. And like to be fair, he did take strides forward. He did improve you could see he wasn't as bad as he used to be so yeah you're right maybe they, maybe they believe in jordan war but it's just like i ah, it's it's still i still can't believe it i can't believe it either but i'm very pleased with it because i think this is literally the opposite of last off season or two off seasons ago now it was right where uh they let pj walk and we go like why would you not do that like not doing the bare minimum essentially i think i they, think they've learned they've definitely learned and this is let me find the quote on this on the tax um, because Wes Edens, I believe it was, stunted a little bit. And we'll try to cite everything as we go. I believe everything we've got in this sheet is from Eric Name and Justin Garcia on Twitter who did a great job. Also Jim Oswarski as well. So all of the stuff we're going to say is coming from those Twitter accounts. Follow at Jim Oswarski, at TMJ Garcia, and at Eric underscore Name. And you can check out their timelines for all the full quotes and everything from media. Day. Great stuff. It was. So here's Wes Eden's on the luxury tax. I'm not going to read the whole thing. 
Uh, he cites 11 of the 30 teams or something like that is in the tax, so it's not a unique situation. Quote, but as a group, we made a big commitment to winning championships and doing everything we can on the ownership side to be supportive of John and Bud and the whole organization. So we're obviously deeply committed to that. We have a very, very special generational talent in the form of Giannis and all the great players around him and Chris and Drew, Brooke, etc., etc. We're very committed financially to do what we can to give ourselves the best chance to win. They are. No complaints. You pointed this out on our last podcast with Jordan Clarkson. There's been no shortcut taken. About Jordan Clarkson. Or, yeah, about Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> there, there, there's been no shortcut taken. And this is the opposite of a shortcut. The war thing is like taking the long way home. Like that is going above and beyond what I think we would even say is reasonable in terms of tax hit versus value gained. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and, and lick boots a whole podcast, but caps off. They did what they said and they learned from the mistake of PJ Tucker, the whole gang is back. And everyone that was talked to on media day outside of Ingles, who hasn't been there was very complimentary of that and said, they really liked that. Bud said it's the most cohesion he's seen in 30 years in the NBA. And he was on and the it, Spurs it, it, for a lot. It literally of might be. It, I think it probably is, but think of it. He was on the Spurs, the organization known for this. And even he said, this is the most he's seen. Um, yeah. So I think it's going to be a big plus. And I think you look at a guy like Wara, where certainly we don't believe he's going to step in and be a difference maker for all 82. But like, let's say, uh, and I don't know, I think you're out on this guy too, but there's a lot of people who clamor for someone like Cam Reddish, who is another incomplete wing player who's shown some things. Why would you be not excited about another flawed wing player who's already been in the system for two years and is a culture fit and knows the team and knows the schemes like, I, I think people, there's a lot of people would be more excited if they went and got a Cam Reddish or someone. I think it's smarter and more Bucksy and a better fit to just like keep building and doubling down on the guys you already have, especially because we have seen that plus skill. Like, development is not linear. There's nothing that says bringing in some random flawed wing player who we haven't seen will mean he'll develop faster than Jordan Wara in year three. So I think it's a good bet. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't really hurt the Bucks long term. It just costs them money, which we don't care about, but we think is neat. Um, I think it's it's a great move and I'm really happy they did it. I think it's it's a really, it's a smart gamble and it's a low risk gamble. Yeah, and plus it could end up being high reward. Like you, one, you get more tradable salary or Jordan where actually turns out to be good. <laughs> you know? Which I do think is possible. It is definitely possible. Also, this is, this is something that just came to my mind uh, about like luxury tech situations. I believe uh, next season, not this coming season, next season. Cap spike. No, it's also the last season that Edens is governor. Oh, it switches again? Yeah. I don't want to talk about that right now. The vibes in media day were pretty good. Um, so I don't want to talk about what that could look like. It's the stupidest ownership structure in the NBA. It's it's every five years that Lazarus and Edens switch. Anyway, uh, let's think, talk that's, about that's not to say that it's not gonna be that it's gonna be bad. It could still be good. Yeah. Lazarus. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully they're mostly on the same page. But we'll I see. think they take a lot of they make a lot of these decisions together. Yeah. Because obviously, because they have to pay the luxury tax together. Right. It's not like just one of them pays because he's governor of the team. As we've said before, if, you know, assuming they don't luck into another Giannis right after Giannis, you, they will have plenty of opportunities to not pay the tax post Giannis, I'm sure. And we are okay with that as they rebuild. But uh, that's hopefully like a decade plus from now. Let's get to the, the other Year sort 10 of. for Giannis, by the way. That's wild. That is. That seems the, impossible. That seems crazy. totally impossible. We're getting old. Yeah, shout well, at least one of us is. <laughs> the other less positive stuff is injury updates. Not 
overwhelmingly negative, I think, mostly just confirming priors. Uh, But let's start with Chris Middleton, who is out of the cast now. But despite John Horst saying it's kind of too early to know exactly when he'll be back, Chris himself basically indicated probably not by the start of the season. So what it was... It's basically confirmed that he's out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What what is your thought on the Chris Middleton injury update? It's it's kind of, we figured this would happen uh, yeah. when the initial reporting was done. I believe in June or July. I don't remember at this point. I think July. I think it was post free agency. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, we we kind of assumed that Chris wasn't going to be ready to start season one because uh, they said it may be ready by training camp. And two, we know this Bucks organization and how careful they are with injuries yep. and uh, how you want to like. Especially with a guy like Chris Middleton, you want him to be healthy for the end of the season. Who cares about the beginning of the season? Take him as slow as possible. We saw that last season when he was out. Take as much time as you need, Chris. So we just assumed he was going to miss the start of the season. And now it's basically been confirmed. I think John Horst, he said he'll be ready early in the season, uh, which could mean anything, honestly. Yeah. but uh, it we we talked about this before about like who's going to start in Chris Middleton's absence. This is just it's it's confirmed. It's not really shocking to me mm-hmm. uh, that he's going to be out because we just kind of expected it would happen anyway. Early in the season might be war time too. We've talked about Bochamp time, but this might be a time where war gets might, called might, on it, as well. Yeah, do we, we we did not even think about Jordan War as a starter because we didn't think he was we did. Be yeah, we, we thought he was gone. It's honestly, I think. This adds quite a bit of intrigue to preseason for me to look at because I think that's which the time. Which starts where, on Saturday. Which starts on Saturday. You'll, you'll see Jordan Wara playing, I think, quite a bit in preseason. Um, I think the starters will play some too, but probably not all the games. Certainly not with the travel to Abu Dhabi. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to watch. Like a great camp in preseason for Jordan Wara could be a huge deal for him going forward. It could. It's just he needs to take advantage of these he chances. He's had him. In, he he's had to. him in the past, and he hasn't as much. He has to grasp it it's, now. It, this we, is literally like his last chance. It's this. You can copy paste what we said about Bochamp's chances to play early when Chris is out, certainly, and also uh, Ingles will be out, and we got an update on his timeline as well. Like the young wings, that's their chance to really prove themselves and get some more minutes. So it'll be exciting to see what Bochamp and Wara can do in those opportunities. Um, anything else by Chris? Um, we are 
planning a little bit of a Chris deep dive pod soon. So maybe a special stay guest. Tuned. Yeah, stay, stay tuned. tuned. Stay tuned for that. But we'll talk more about Chris. Nothing else really, really earth shattering. I think the injury happened first around the All-Star game. And he kind of just dealt with it since then. So the, the, the risk. So that was interesting. Um, but we'll dive more in on Chris. Should we talk about your, your bestie, Joe Ingles? <laughs> sure, let's do it. So the updated injury timeline, Horst said uh, December may be too optimistic, January more realistic. I think we had heard around Christmas before. So really that's only – you're only talking about scooting back the injury timeline like a week. So around then still is the expectation. Ingles said himself like usually it's like six to nine months. I got hurt in February. You do the math. It's like Joe – you know, if unless you're ready right now, I don't think that's a great timeline to give out because six months would have already passed. But it uh, seems like he'll be ready a few months into the season. Um, I think it was really interesting. There's a lot of optimism from the team around Ingles. It seems like the guys were really on board with the signing. George Hill and Grayson Allen have played with him before. We only heard – we didn't hear from Grayson, did we? Just George, no. I think. Um but Ingles himself talked about you know, trash talking and Drew talked about trash talking with him. Apparently through Quinn Snyder, he's known Ingles. Drew and Ingles have known each other. I didn't know Quinn Snyder what? and Drew Holiday were good friends. How? I don't, I'll, I'll pull up the quote. I'll make sure I'm not getting it <laughs> wrong. But I was like, I don't. what are those two hanging out? I'm not really I sure. I mean, like, sure. I mean, it's just they're in the business, I guess. But like, where did they develop <laughs> a relationship? I want to know this. Imagine, imagine a version of the hilarious 2015 Bucks strip club pictures, but it's Quinn Snyder and Drew oh. Holiday. And then like some other random player. I don't know who else. Like, Still, Miles Plumley's still there. Yeah, Miles Plumley's still there. He doesn't have a lot else going on. Um, but yeah, January, and I thought Ingles himself talking about his game, focusing on playmaking first was interesting. He specifically talked about the pick and roll with him and Giannis, which I thought was fun. But what were your thoughts on the whole Ingles discourse? Whatever you want to, whatever interests you most, the injury timeline, talking about his fit, his trash talking, etc. Well, the injury timeline is obviously the most pressing. When do we actually get to see this guy on the court? This was one of my primary concerns with the signing that I've, I've mellowed on. Okay, guys. Give me a break. Uh, but um, uh, just around January, February always sort of made sense. I feel like this team would treat it sort of like a trade deadline acquisition. Uh, Joe Ingles, uh, because you're getting him around the same time around the trade deadline. Obviously, if this is a, if this hits, if he can be like what he was before the injury, this is a big time win for the Bucks in terms of being a guy who can come off the bench and be a good playmaker have good chemistry, like fit or fits well around Giannis and Chris, doesn't need the ball much, can space the floor very well. Obviously a big win. I just want to see it, <laughs> you know, and we're not going to probably see it for a couple of months. Um, is that going to add to my anxiety? Probably. But uh, it, it's it's just, it's about patience. Uh, can he can he actually get back on the court? Obviously, like I talked about with Chris Middleton, they, the Bucks and their training staff are going to be very, very careful with Joe uh, in terms of his uh, recovery. Um, so, like, if he assumed it was a six to nine month timetable, just adding on a couple of months feels very Bucks, and I mean that in a good way. That is a very good thing. Uh, just to make sure he gets back in full shape, full recovery, no other issues, don't want to put any strain on anything else while you're trying to recover from an ACL injury. I think it's um, it's it's sort of a wait and see game. It's it's going to be with Joe Ingles. Wait and see because we can talk about him with his potential fit, whatever for on months and months. We have talked about it for months and months. I just want to see it. Couldn't agree more. Um, on 
There is a Drew Holiday connection. Quinn oh. Snyder, 2010-11 Philadelphia 76ers. Quinn Snyder was an assistant head coach. So I believe that is like Drew's rookie year or his second year in the league, very early in his career. I think it was his second year. So they worked is together for a year Is that before he was there. with the Hawks? Um, yeah, that has I to be. I think it was. Bud wasn't, Buzz, yeah, Bud was. wasn't there until like 2013. It was his first uh, – or his second NBA job. He was – while he was in grad school, he was an assistant for the Clippers, but then he was Duke, Missouri, Austin Toros, where he gave up for coaching for a little bit before the Austin Toros, but then he was their head coach. And then Sixers, Lakers, CSKA, Moscow, Hawks, and then Jazz. And yeah. apparently, so between Drew and Bud and some other connections, it seems like Quinn Snyder is pretty close with the Bucks, or at least favorable to the Bucks. This Just is, come on the staff, bro. I know. Well, did you see the quote about, like, uh, he's – Ingles said every conversation – Here, here's the quote. Quinn uh, Snyder was very important in this process. I had a lot of early morning Australian phone calls with him. He knows us very well and obviously knows Bud well. The end of every phone call ended up being Milwaukee. That's per Justin Garcia. So that's Ingles talking Quinn, about these combos on, with Quinn Snyder. Seriously, I mean, I think I got laughed at by some Jazz fans for this, but I I think it would make so much sense if I, it's probably going to be like a consultant thing, not an actual assistant coach, because then you know, kind of pick your own hours. But it would not shock me at all if we saw Quinn Snyder around the Bucks facility this year as he weighs options. He's going sort to be a head coach like the, next year. The, I think. the Chase Buford, Chase and Allen role. More like a KG almost, just like popping up. Oh. He'll have a hoodie stuck to the back of his head. And <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, Who's I think he gonna tell us that he's gonna tell Jordan Warrior you're a future MVP. Yeah, some, somebody totally <laughs> random. Um, no, it'd be Bo Champ in that scenario, wouldn't it? That I would, I would buy into that. I'd buy, I'd be fine with um, that. Hopefully, it ages better for Bo Champ than it did for for Thon. Um, yeah, I think Ingles. I agree. I, I just really want to see it, but I think you know it, he makes sense as a fit. With the connections already to like the whole Hawks, Jazz, Spurs tree that he obviously has. Um, and clearly the guys seem excited about him. So I'm excited to see him play. It's uh, We talked about this with Bochamp. I guess, again, something that also applies to Wara adds to like that four-headed wing monster for developing the young guys. Like the skill sets of Ingles, Middleton, Connaughton, Wes Matthews, like – that's going to be really valuable, I think, for the young young players. You can't, on this you can't team. have enough wings. No, you can't have enough, and I just think it's good for development too, because those guys have been through so much and all bring slightly different stuff to the table. Um, so if he is able to provide that playmaking and, as he said, be a pest on defense, could be a very very nice add for this Bucks that, team. That's the one thing that concerns me. I know <laughs> is the defense. I, but, yeah, uh, it's uh, it, it's like if you see it going either way, because obviously Ingles is not a player who ever like. You would call athletic. He was athletic enough. So that's the question. Can he be athletic enough again? Clearly, he's a player who made up for not being the best athlete. Very by just smart. Being smart, be, you know, positioning those sorts Strong. of things. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Wes Matthews has been through major injuries and obviously still defends at a high level. Not expecting that level from Ingles, but it is possible for guys who are stronger and smarter than they are fast to still defend well after a big injury. Yes. And uh, last thing on Joe Ingles. He's taking Grayson's number. Yeah, number seven. Grayson didn't even pay him. Grayson, yeah. Grayson, talking about learning from veteran players, learn from Pat Connaughton, the art of the deal. I guess Pat gave up a lot of money this summer too. Maybe he did That's learn true. from Pat. But um, uh, Joe said he's giving him a nice, a nice present in return. Oh, did he? So, I missed that. Yeah, he said I'm not paying him, but I'm gonna get him a nice gift. 
Yeah, he said he just sort of gave it up without any fight. He like called him. He's like, "Hey, do you want this number?" <laughs> Jones Wait, was like, "Grayson sure. called him." Well, let me let me try and find it now. I it's, no, I think you're right. Actually, I think I am. I'm scrolling. And Grayson now. Grayson is taking number twelve. Yeah, Jabari's number, kind of a curse yeah, number. I guess, yeah, I guess they're not retiring. <laughs> uh, I know Grayson from Utah. I've been seven my whole career, but it's retired in Utah. Two is retired here. Grayson texted me and said he didn't care too much about the number, so if I wanted it, I could have it. Oh, that's nice from Grayson. Grayson is ready for a new beginning, I think. Yeah. After the way last season ended, this is we, we are getting heard a lot from Grayson. No, which I think is that that's probably his preference. But I think we have. You new- did get married though. Yeah, congratulations to Mr. and Mrs. Allen. If I don't know, congratulations to Grayson Allen and his now wife. I don't know if she took his last name or not. Anyway, Grayson Allen, new number, new me season. George Hill, get healthy, redemption tour. And the Bobby Portis, no hesitation, I'm ready now season. Which of those do we want to talk about first? I don't know if we have that much on Grayson because he didn't really talk. Let's go, let's go, George Hill. Yeah. Uh, because he is one of the guys who did talk. Grayson did not yeah. talk. That's why we don't have a lot on Grayson. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing is that he has a new number. <laughs> yeah. New number, new um, him. We're excited. Yeah. Uh, George Hill, uh, coming back, he talked a lot about last season and uh, the injury he dealt with, uh, that he contemplated retirement. Yeah. Uh, he which he is, was losing feeling in his fingers because of the back and neck injuries. That's very, very scary. Yeah. No wonder uh, he, he wasn't up- scoring any points, man. He couldn't feel his hand. Yes. Also, Bud, why why do you keep playing? <laughs> At that point, I feel like it was just like you don't want to get in George Hill's way, but somebody should have. Also, maybe he didn't say that. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I don't want to I don't want to say it's Bud's fault for saying, "Hey, this guy can't feel anything. I'm going to go play you anyway." Right. Maybe he didn't know that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we so don't know George the full clearly details. wanted to play. Yeah. Yes, and George George Hill sort of felt a little. He was obviously disappointed with the entirety of last season, which is something that when he said this, uh, here I'll say the quote, he said he owes the city a better George than last year after contemplating retirement yeah. and that he did not get surgery. Yeah. Uh, to He rehabbed uh, and got remit. cortisone shots. Yes. Um, when he said he owes the city a better George than last year, that sort of took me by surprise because honestly, I didn't think it was that bad for the majority of I mean, of last by the year. playoffs. By the playoffs, I'm sure that's for what sure. sticks out to him the most. I think overall sure. during the season, he was just okay. I he thought. was fine. Yeah. I thought he was fine. I thought he was okay. Uh, but obviously the playoffs were bad. Yeah. Uh, we saw that, and which is why we were so excited to see Javon Carter back. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of took me by surprise that he owes he owes the city a better George than last year. First of all, that's a great quote if you want to be like getting uh I got I got fired up when yeah, I read that. I'm yeah, not gonna that's lie. That's great. To you. I'm not that's gonna great. lie. That's great. He he feels like he's this is the most he's been with a team in a while now. Like yeah. obviously he had the, the year off uh, when they won the title, which is unfortunate George. for George. Yeah. Uh but like he he spent a few years in Cleveland, a few years in Utah with the Kings. Like it's just Back and forth, but now he's actually like connected with Milwaukee. Been with this team for a while now. Been connected to the uh, to the coaching staff, the players for a while now. So it feels good that he recognizes that he wants to do better. And obviously, it's kind of hard to not recognize yeah. that you didn't do that well in the playoffs in the postseason. It's all about what kind of role he wants to have this season. Yep. Because, like I mentioned, we were very excited to see Javon Carter back. And even though these quotes are very uh, getting us fired up, hyped up for a George Hill redemption arc. That doesn't change the fact that we still believe that Javon Carter should have a bigger role. I'm and trying to figure out the rotation. Trying to figure it's, out the it's, rotation it's, right now is a menace. I just can't. It's a mess. It's There's too many good players. It is. And one thing about this is George Hill, 
if he recognizes that he's older, recognizes that he should maybe not press as much, maybe he'll be okay taking a smaller role. Yeah. I, I, I think one, I think what a grounded attitude for this guy who got fairly unceremoniously dumped and the Bucks had to do it, but it still doesn't mean it doesn't hurt for George Hill when he gets dumped right before they win the title. He comes not back. Dumped. He was part of a Drew Holiday trade. Yeah, but I mean, they. I'm sure to him, ending up in Oklahoma City, he felt pretty dumped, Rohan. That's fair. Um, so he misses the title. He comes back. He tries to gut through injury. He gets hell for it. For, I, I'm sure George Hill is not checking Twitter. Uh, I think his tweets are like protected. But you know, clearly, he does not get much understanding from the fan base. I would say, and who knows how much of that he was ever aware of. And I'm sure the team was very supportive and everything. But you know, I think for him to come back and say, "I owe the city more." After trying to give everything he could and just not being, you know, good and, and not being able to play through the injuries like he probably hoped or thought he could, I think is a great attitude. I also think this to me, it feels like both the fact that he's back and that he's talking like this, I feel like he thinks he can tap into like 20 or 1920 George Hill, which that could be very exciting. That could be a huge deal for the box. It's Again, we have to see it. It's kind of like Eagles. 1920 George Hill who shoots. How about that? Well, yeah. I mean, that was when he sh- – he doesn't need to shoot a lot on this team. If he can just come in and shoot 45% I mean, on like two attempts per game, that's yeah, probably the thing, fine. The thing is like the reason we weren't super happy with 1920 George Hill is because he was very passive. Yeah, but that's a different team. That's true. There, there's a lot more guys on this team now who I think – I think he could shoot at that same volume – and it would totally flip how this team looks if he plays like that. If he if he shoots on that volume and at that, that, like, that accuracy. Yeah, at that accuracy, that volume, but it's also not scaled to his playing time. Like he'll have a reduced playing. I yeah. think the problem with 1920 George Hill is because he was only taking like three shots a game, but he was playing like 20 minutes. Yeah. If if it's three shots a game, but you're playing 10 minutes, that's better. yeah. Yeah, give me 12 minutes, three attempts from three per game, and like 40 – doesn't even have to be shot like 54% that year. It can be like 40, 45%, and that's just fine. Plus the playmaking of that year's George Hill was important, and he was Defense a good defender. Too. Yeah. So I, I still think there's a good amount of upside with George Hill. And I, as I've – I think I might have been the first outside of the actual org to stake out this location – I'm on board for the George Hill Redemption Tour. I think it's coming. If that means Javon plays a little bit less of a role for one more year and then re-ups again and is ready to step up next year when, guys, Wes is a year older, George is potentially retired, I am probably okay with that if George looks closer to that, the last George Hill we saw before last season in Milwaukee. And based on his quotes, it seems like this is it for George Hill. Yeah, it does. Um, and, you know, I, I totally understand him not wanting to go out on that last season. For him and for the team, not a good note. I think if it feels like, yeah, I agree. If they win the title, this might be his his last year. I think it's regardless. We'll see. We thought that we'll maybe last year. Um, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, who, do, who do we have to talk about next? Bobby. Yeah. So you you were really fired up about Bobby. Uh, Eric Name uh, was asking him about the Celtics series and how he was being run off the line yep. a lot in that Celtics series. We've talked about a lot about how the problem with Bobby Portis and his like playoffs against the Celtics was mainly because of his offense and not his defense. Mm-hmm. Eric Name asked a great question about that about him getting run off the line. And before Bobby like uh, before, before Eric, Eric finishes get, the question finishes yeah. the question, Portis interjects says, "I'm ready now." Yeah, Ty. 
What do you think? Portis said, uh, the rest of the quote, what Eric said, uh, Portis said he wanted to thank the Celtics for doing that against him and showing him how he needed to improve. Think about the way Giannis, it took him a couple postseasons to really kind of figure out that role. And I know Bobby was obviously on the championship team, but in a lesser role than certainly in the Celtics series with Chris out. Um, and I think even, you know, Brooke a little more limited in that playoff run and just there was more on Bobby and I don't know if he was ready for it yet. And I think, you know, interestingly, this probably means nothing, but did you see the five players that did a five player shoot together? It was yeah. obviously Giannis, Chris Drew, Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis, which I found fascinating. Um, you know, Bobby might have needed to run into that wall barrier, so to speak, to be ready for the next playoffs and really be, you know, no hesitation, like one of your top six guys every series in a playoff run. And again, obviously they won a championship with him, but he didn't play it by the end of one of those series, right? It was a different role. He was so important against the Suns and against the Hawks, but it was just a little bit different. And there were just more players around him outside of the end of the Hawks series. So I, I'm fired up. I love I love the approach that basically everyone in the org top down has taken this offseason. Like everything is being used as motivation. Everyone's excited about cohesion. There is no drama anywhere to be seen right now. Like doesn't seem like anyone has any issues. Like everyone's just ready to work toward a common goal. And that's the kind of stuff you hear out of an organization before they go win a championship. And that's that's how winning orgs stay winning in the NBA. So I'm excited for Bobby to get even better. And, you know, I just think this is this is awesome. And that is we're at a point now where if he if he has that quick trigger and no hesitation and is ready on offense, like he's going to be so much better. And I think he's going to make a lot of people look silly for leaving him off their top 100 list is my. Oh, for sure. I think he's also said on Twitter that his goal for the season is sixth man of the year. Yeah, uh, which is definitely in play. And like you mentioned, that uh, that picture. I don't necessarily think – obviously, I'm not saying you think that, but I'm just yeah. clarifying. I don't think that's going to be the starting lineup no. uh, this season. Uh, it's just – it's their five best players. Yeah. Shouts to Pat and Wes, who are close. Pat more than Wes, I think. I think, uh, theoretically, they're probably better than Brooke in a vacuum, but Brooke is more – he's the he's the center. He's the anchor. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I think – it's it's so hard to – I hate to – I hate the player. It's, it's you can't You can't compare the two. You, what if, I'm trying if, to say is I'm I'm not saying that's the starting lineup. I'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah. Bobby's very important. That's right, why he's in the right. picture. Yeah, and I think you know, and I think that's probably been. You know, I've seen takes about his contract, like it's like an overpay or whatever, not from Bucks people, but like nationally. And I think there's just a misunderstanding of what he already does for the team, what he was deserved and was owed after taking two straight pay cuts, which is a huge factor, and the role the Bucks see him being able to fill. And I think all of those things are a big deal. Like I think the Bucks internally could not be happier outside of the injuries with how this roster has come together for this season. Like the depth, the players they were able to add with limited resources, and that's including someone like Bochamp, who they were clearly very high on. Like I think I think they're very happy with exactly how this came together and how they can compete for at least the next two to three years with this version of this core. And especially when you're getting those huge the TV deal coming, like 13 yeah. mil is going to be it's going to be like the mid level exception. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, if 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 all goes according to plan. Yeah, uh, which One, it, no reason to believe it should. Correct. One more note on the running it back thing, and then we can bounce around a bit. This is Giannis's quote uh, per Justin Garcia. 
Giannis was lying again in this press conference. We'll get to it when we talk about Surge, but I don't think this is part of a lie. Quote, we have 16 guys back. I love playing with people I've played with before. You know, in parentheses, their game and what kind of people they are. It's good to have the same people around. We have a team full of great human beings. It's Bucks culture, baby. It is Bucks culture. Bucks culture, indeed. And we've talked about it before. Chris and Giannis don't let any a-holes in this team. They run this team. They run this this locker room. And they keep it going, like, literally like we talked about. Do they actually have 16 guys back? Um, that sounds right. Well, yeah, yeah it's the fif- 15 guys Team? on the roster are the same. No, Bochamp. Um, no, they don't. They have 15 guys back. Yeah, no, they, have six, they have 16 guys back because they have the 15 plus the two two-ways. Two two-ways last year were Lindell and Mamu. Oh, if you, count Lindell, if you count Lindell, they have 16. Yeah, yeah that's Talk that's is true. gone, and Vildoza yeah. is still on the roster. So that is 16. That would be 17 then. They have, well, he's not counting himself. Oh, okay, I suppose. They have a lot of guys back. A pretty absurd number of guys back, considering. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's it it is Bucks culture. Bucks culture. We've been talking about this over the years now. It's a thing. It's very strong, and it's also a thing that I, everyone I feel like in the organization and on this team sort of aligns themselves with. Uh, we've we've joked at nauseum about how everyone gives the same quotes about getting better every day. Uh, you know, you just got to take it day by day. Just get better every day. Just the, those things just rehashed over and over again, and that's their quotes for the day. But honestly, I feel like they actually internalize it. And it, it seems yeah. like this is the thing. It's not just talking the talk. They're walking the walk. They're trying to get better every day, trying to get better every year. We see that. You talk about a guy like Bobby Portis in his, this is year three in Milwaukee. He's going to be, he's gotten better every single time. Like he's trying, he's getting better. Giannis, obviously he gets better every year somehow, even though he's the best player in the world. Uh, you just want to get guys who are capable of playing with other guys they're familiar with. And if you're playing with the guys that you are familiar with, you know how to build your games around them. You know how it'll fit with other players. You don't have to worry about, oh, this guy's coming in and how is that going to fit? Oh, this guy's coming in. How is that going to mesh with my game, my offensive skill set? Am I going to have enough space? That's not going to be an issue with this team. They know who these guys are. They know how they play. They know how to mesh together and they will continue to get even better together. Yeah, it's buy-in. That's what that's the word is buy-in to what, what the org preaches. And I think every org preaches something, but... Certainly not every org actually gets their players bought into the level the Bucks have. And I think it's for two reasons. One, it's team success, which is always good. And the other is player success. And as you mentioned with Bobby, like players have get, players get better in Milwaukee. And I think that's, you know, Coach Budenholzer to really laser in on it. Like the vitamins that they always talk about, like they give every player specific things to target and work on to improve how they play within the team. And they just seem to give guys good roles for the most part, especially now that we're at a point where the roster is like been combed and recombed like three years, like however many years now with Horst and Bud, more than three years. And they've really like they've they've now gotten it to a point where it's nearly exclusively guys they've had around and are comfortable with and like a few new players who if they don't fit, they don't stay very long. And if they do fit, then they stay around too. someone like Javon Carter. So I think like it's like just a really carefully put together group. And I think that's part of the reason we're not seeing like more trades these days is, you know, they don't want to interrupt what they've got and what they've built. I just think they're very happy with it. For sure. And you even see that coming through with a guy like Serge Ibaka. Yeah. 
who, who comes in at the trade deadline doesn't really play a whole lot. And he's back. Yeah. <laughs> he had some interesting quotes uh, about uh, this offseason. Yeah, I've got him here. Um, and do you have him? No, go for it. Uh, I'm all about respect, and this team really respects me. Starting with this team from the beginning in training camp is something that can make a difference, which I think is a great point. I mean, coming in on the fly, still clearly I think dealing with a back injury matters. He was able to play, but who knows how good Serge felt the whole time. He said it was hard not being in the rotation, but it helped me a lot mentally, and that's why I'm back. Um, great atmosphere here, great guys. To me, it's important, especially at this point in my career, to be in a good place. I feel like this is a good place to be. The way things work here is how I like. I like to work. He said, Giannis called me this summer. Coaches called me. It showed you showed you how bad they wanted me to be back and how they respect me. That's very important. And then he also talked about everybody in this group has the championship mindset from the front office all the way down. The way we work every day, the way we approach things, you can see this is a championship organization, which is high praise from Serge Ibaka, who clearly has been around those before. Like And Niyana says he doesn't call Serge, quote, he sucks, uh, which is freaking hilarious. But um, but yeah, Serge, clearly the team did value him more than we expected, and he felt that in a very real sense. For sure. We were all surprised when he re-signed. Uh, it was after we did a podcast. We had to do an addendum to that podcast. Um, it, was, it was interesting. It's interesting to see that Giannis calls him, the coaches call him, say like, hey, we want you back. We want to run this back. I don't know whether to take that as specifically surge or it's like we just want everyone back. What what do you think? I think it's a little bit of both, but I do think, you know, for the reasons we talked about after watching like the clunky Giannis Papianis fit in Greece, like the actual tangible spacing threat surge provides plus being a true big who can defend, at least should be able to defend the rim. Like I do think schematically he's a better fit than maybe it appeared sometimes cuz he just wasn't wasn't getting opportunities, and the Bucks were in a weird place overall. So I do think they wanted him back. I mean, it's still less embar- like less of a weird look than the Heat throwing a parade for Udonis Haslam, right? Like, I think they wanted everyone back. They wanted continuity. I think they also did want Serge specifically. Like, I think if the team, both the players and front office, didn't believe in him, I don't think he would be back. I think they do, and I think they are, you know, optimistic about being there for the full year now, being getting a little healthier even from from his first return. Like I think I think it's not I, I think there's some of it like just wanting the continuity, but I don't think they would want that so bad that they would go and push for a guy who, you know, they didn't believe in could play. Like I think they they think he can play his role, which as we've talked about, is a limited small role, but still an important role because we saw, you know, bless his heart, like Greg Monroe trying to come in and, and be an NBA player, and it just really really wasn't there. I mean, he was like a, a third center, not a second center, who really had to be a first center for the Bucks. Yeah, it's just tough. Uh, we, we we talked about how it's also like sort of Brooke Lopez insurance a little bit. Like if you want to yeah. take if you want to take it easy with Brooke during the season, which they will and should. Yes. Uh, theoretically will. I don't know for sure. But uh, hopefully we're pretty com- <laughs> we're pretty confident they will. Yeah. They also talked about like uh with Giannis, just as an aside, like he played a lot of basketball this summer. They're going to try to take it easy with him too, which yep. is understandable. Uh, also, is Giannis going to let them? That is the question. <laughs> um, but you, you in, in Surge, you talked about like the fit is there. Theoretically, it's there. He's a guy who has some range in terms of shooting. And he's a guy who can protect the rim. He's a very smart, intelligent defender and has the physical tools to be a good defender. We just saw when he came into the Bucks and was playing like actual minutes before he was completely excised from the rotation. 
uh, when he was trying to play like a little bit of a drop scheme, he would just get roasted in the mid range. Like he, he wasn't necessarily knowing where to be in the right spots in terms of his defensive, like locations and spots where, where should he drop to, where should he necessarily go to? And that's a thing we've seen improve with the Bucks. Like once you get into the system, get um, familiar with the system, with coach Bud's defense, then you get better. Look at Bobby Portis last season. Yep. You sort of have an evolution of him as a defender because he gets more comfortable with the skills and sort of the coaching staff men's like around him. Like you'll take his skills into account, form a defensive scheme that fits him. You need that familiarity and you can't really do that on the fly, but you can do that after having a guy in the organization for a little bit. And that's how you that's hopefully what's going to happen with search. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's there's reasons again to be cautiously optimistic about year two with the Bucks, Serge Ibaka. There's one more player I think we need to hone in on here. Uh, media day takeaways, probably not too much, but Mamu spoke, and there wasn't a ton shared from what he said. But I think uh, well, the, this quote kind of really packages it all up. For, again, from Justin Garcia at TMJ Garcia. Mamu, I might have a different role here than in Euro, but I'm still going to compete and take every possession seriously. The Bucks were so supportive of me in Eurobasket. Coach Bud would text me after every game, which first super cool. The fact that a guy on a two-way, who, I mean, the Bucks believe in, but still like a guy on a two-way who is still not on an NBA deal. Like Coach Bud is like watching the Georgia games and texting him like whatever it was, just encouragement. I'm guessing there might've been some, you know, strategic aspects to those two, like talking about what he saw. That's super cool. And I think, it's still going to be very stop and start for Mamu at the NBA level. Um, being on the two-way contract kind of guarantees that. But if you know Giannis is out some games, some guys in the rotation are out, I think he'll have some chances to play, and I'm excited to see it after I think he impressed both of us with Georgia in Eurobasket. For sure. He definitely showed uh, like what kind of skill set he has, how he can be sort of a – uh, a player that has that he has that wow factor as a player which is something like obviously it's easy to say but it it's a uh, it's a skill that it's 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 kind of hard to develop and he has that he has flashy dribble moves he's fast he's so fast for his like for his uh for his height his weight he's just he's a lightning bolt down the court relatively obviously but uh no he definitely has skills that could improve with this bucks team I, we both expressed our sort of concerns with him as a fit on this roster, but you know, if a guy has a chance, he's gonna he's gonna take it. Like he's a uh, seems like a very he's a good guy. Got a chance to talk to him a few times, and he just seems very excited about any sort of basketball opportunity that he has. So if he has these opportunities with the Bucks, we know he's gonna take full advantage. Hundred percent. We have breaking news here. Before oh. we get to a big question, we have to answer. You're looking in the wrong places. Oh, no. We can confirm Milwaukee Brewers playbacks. Wednesday's Brewers-Cardinals game at 640 Central and Friday's Brewers-Marlins game at 710 p.m. Central time. Get into the GSPN Discord at gspn.info. Make sure you're up to date on that. I don't think that's been announced in the Discord yet, but it probably will by the time this pod goes up. So a couple of Brewers yeah. playbacks. I'll actually be at that Marlins game. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you, can give us, you can give us live updates from the game. Give us the vibe check check in on the 10 people who are in attendance uh brewers may be eliminated by then we'll see actually i don't know if they will be if they could be but uh it's not looking great hopefully rohan you can help turn that around uh on friday um and we may have some bucks preseason playbacks coming too we're still finalizing what we're going to do but hoping to do at least one or two playbacks for the preseason and of course 
we will have regular season playbacks back as well. So to make sure you are ready for that, get in the GSPN Discord ASAP. Now for a question, Rohan. Okay. A question from Bobby Portis, potential listener. He just said this to the media media day. He didn't send this to us directly, but we'll act like he did. Who will have more text this season, Bobby or Joe? And I think we should clarify. I'm going to add that let's let's consider per game. I don't want us to just say Bobby because he'll play more. Let's say per game who gets more text, Bobby Portis or Joe Ingles this year. Ooh, I think it. I think it might be Joe. You know, really. Bobby's sort of calmed it down. He doesn't get as many texts as he used to anymore. It's true. Joe, Joe, he, he <laughs> talks a lot. Joe is a talker. He talks a lot. He's probably, he's going to be, he's, he's the biggest trash talker on the team by far. Right? Oh, yeah. No question. No question. Yeah. He's chatting. Like, oh, he's very Bobby, chatting. Bobby's he, probably he up next, with, but. Yeah. yeah, he chats with the fans courtside too. Yeah. Like at away games, he chats a lot. I think it's, I think it's pretty easily going to be Joe. Yeah. Uh, I'll take Bobby. I think Bobby here is kind of trying to, you know, cast some cast some of the tech cloud off of him and onto Joe Ingles, which a uh, savvy move. I'm going to take Bobby, but we'll have to track this by the end of the year and see uh, which of us which of us wins the tech question. Um, it's going to be one of those two who get it most throughout the season, or yeah. it might be Bud. That's a good call. It might be Bud. Post-injury Bud might be a demon out there, man. Yeah, ankle replacement surgery. We saw him on a scooter like a month ago. I guess he's still on a scooter. Yeah, he scooted up to media day. Uh, there was a, a Somebody <laughs> so, took a pick on the street of him scooting across the street. Um, it's always funny when I see Bud picks in the wild. I mean, first off, leave Bud alone. But if you – like the, the Bud picks in the wild, they are hilarious when they, when they surface. They're so funny. Uh, but get well soon, bud. Get yep. well soon, Chris. Get well soon, Joe and George. Feel uh, Just feel he, better, George. Like, stay yeah. well. I think George yeah. is fine now, but stay well, please. Yeah, please don't hurt yourself, hurt your back. Those are very scary injuries. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, do we uh, do we have anything else we need to talk about? Here, my last my last thing was Bobby Joe. So unless you had anything – Bobby Joe sounds like a one, one person. Bobby and Joe. But if you have anything else – uh, feel free. We can chat about it quick, but that's all I've got. A fun media day, and honestly, it worked because like it did what it's supposed to. I'm excited for the season now. I can't I'm wait so to watch excited. Bucks basketball. I'm, I'm very excited for Bucks basketball. Like we said, first preseason preseason game on Saturday against the Grizzlies at Pfizer before they head off to Abu Dhabi to play two games against the Hawks. Uh, but yeah, Ty, it's another season. We're ready. Ooh. We're ready to cover it with you guys. Uh, make sure you subscribe. We're very excited. Uh, thank you to everyone who's followed along, and we can't wait to get. Get ready for the season. Check out gspn.info for all your needs. Make sure you like, subscribe, leave a five-star rating. Do all that fun stuff. Tell your friends and family about the show. Pod random, and we will talk to you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.